Welcome listeners and thanks for tuning in again to the Class Action Weekly Wire. I'm Jerry Mattman, a partner at Dwayne Morris and joining me today are partners Alex Karasik and Jen Riley and associate Brian Shapiro. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Great to be here, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Thank you for inviting me, Jerry. Today, our topic is trends and important developments in the area of data breach class action litigation. And so I would pose the question on this particular uh, area of class action litigation. Uh, is there any particular framework that federal courts typically use when certifying or considering a motion for class certification in a data breach case? Thanks, Jerry. Uh, courts often look to the US Supreme Court decision in TransUnion versus Ramirez. This case was an absolute game changer for defendants. In TransUnion, a class of individuals sued a credit agency for failing to use reasonable procedures to ensure the accuracy of their credit reports. TransUnion used a third-party software to cross-reference its database with the Office of Foreign Asset Control's terror list, and the plaintiffs argued that they were tagged in this process erroneously, uh, causing misleading credit reports. So the Supreme Court concluded that the only, only the class members who had their misleading credit report actually distributed suffered a concrete harm uh, and thus had Article III standing. So courts are apt to use this transunion ruling and analyze standing arguments, particularly in data breach class actions. I know in uh, crafting the Dwayne Morris class action review and in downloading decisions every day, transunion is one of the most cited or most frequently cited rulings um, in the class action space. What were some of the highlights in 2022 in this particular area of law? Well, certainly one of the highlights is, is the predictability or the certainty of litigation. Um, class action litigation in the data breach space has, has continued to become more routine um, with lawsuits being filed after every major and, and well, not so major report of a data breach. So many um, high profile data breaches are continuing to create headlines um, and we're continuing to um, see those cases in the in the press on a regular basis. I know, Brian, that you had followed certification rates. How did you find them in this particular space? And what do you think was one of the most key rulings in this area of data breach class actions? Yes. Yeah, so in, in the past year, the certification rate for class certifications was was at, was even with 50% of motions for class certification being granted and 50% um, being denied by courts. Um, the largest that occurred in 2022 and overall was in INRI Marriott International Customer Data Securities Breach Litigation where the court granted class certification and a data breach um, impacting over 133 million customers against the hotel chain Marriott and its data security vendor, Accenture. Um, this was to date, as I said, the largest data breach uh, in the country and has some major implications moving forward. NRA Marriott focused on the individual and class damages calculations. The court found that the plaintiffs adequately alleged individual and class standing and allowed the plaintiffs to seek damages related to overpayment for hotel rooms, as well as statutory and nominal damages. The court also found that consumers might be able to recover damages for the inherent value of their personal information stolen during the breach based on Marriott's own valuation of the same data. It's important to note also, I think, that this case was one of the first times that a court reached the damages issue in the data breach context at the class certification stage. 
um, and laid out the framework for future plaintiffs on how to allege concrete and particularized harm in the data breach class action context. So it will be very interesting to track data breach class actions from here on and see how plaintiffs are going to plead injuries stemming from the data breach following this decision. Uh, in my read of uh, this particular area of class action litigation, standing seems to be a, a threshold defense that is often asserted. Were there any significant rulings in 2022 on the precise issue of standing and data, data breach class actions? Well, I would say that there are several. Um, one important ruling in particular occurred in a case called Allman versus Conduit Business Services. In that case, the plaintiffs alleged that unauthorized users withdrew funds from their direct express accounts and that the defendants failed to properly respond to the fraudulent transactions. Um, the court in that case concluded that discovery had produced no evidence tying unauthorized activity on the account to a data breach involving the defendants. Um, therefore, because the plaintiff could not establish that causal connection between their injuries and the alleged breach, the court concluded that they lacked standing to assert claims arising out of the data breach in that case. Yeah, and an additional ruling um, in Barron v. Cineverse Corp, uh, it also in involved a standing analysis, involved a cyber attack and a data breach that allegedly exposed mobile phone users' private communications. Um, the court stated that even if the plaintiffs plausibly alleged a concrete, actual, or imminent injury, their allegation that the defendant's substandard security allowed the data to be accessed by unauthorized third parties did not satisfy the causation or traceability requirements. The court determined that any harm that could have occurred was arguably caused by a third party not before the court and therefore was not traceable to the defendant's alleged misconduct. Alex, on the appellate front, were there any significant uh, data breach rulings that reached the Court of Appeals level in 2022? Yeah, Jerry, there was one notable ruling that caught our eye in particular uh, from the Fifth Circuit. In Allen v. Vertifori, Inc. involved a group of Texas driver's license holders who brought a class action alleging violation of the Driver's Privacy Protection Act. Uh, what happened here was unauthorized users uh, gained access to personal information that was stored on unsecured external servers. Uh, after um, the parties uh, filed, after plaintiff filed suit, the district court granted the defendant's motion to dismiss pursuant to Rule 12b-6. On appeal, the Fifth Circuit affirmed the district court's ruling. The Fifth Circuit agreed with the defendant's argument that plaintiffs failed to allege a disclosure within the meaning of the DPPA because they only alleged that the defendant stored personal information on the unsecured external hard drives. Uh, however, uh, there was no access to public view or evidence that the defendant gained or, I'm sorry, granted or facilitated any access. Um, Brian, other than the Marriott litigation, are there any uh, other certification rulings from the past year that you would recommend as required reading for corporate counsel? Yeah, something that we uh, came across is a, a case uh, titled Vigil v. Near Medical Group IPA, where the plaintiff filed a class action in California State Court alleging that the defendant failed to secure patients' personal information and a former employee downloaded patients' private medical information and took it with her when she left her employment in violation of the confidentiality of Medical Information Act or the CMIA. Um, and this is in line with the majority of the data breach class action, I guess, litigation in 2022 was in the healthcare space, probably due to the um, increased protections that, that are associated with patient information. But 
Here, the plaintiff filed a motion for class certification and the trial court denied the motion. The trial court ruled that each class member would have to show that the confidential nature of his or her medical information had been breached by an unauthorized party such that common issues uh, would not predominate. Um, the California Court of Appeals affirmed the ruling stating that the CMIA claim requires a showing that the confidential nature of the plaintiff's medical information was actually viewed, which would require individualized inquiries to prove liability and damages for each of the putative class members. Well, I know that uh, 2022 was one of the largest years ever in the history of American jurisprudence for class action settlements. Were there significant uh, class-wide settlements in that data breach area? Yeah, data breach class actions in 2022 were robust. The T-Mobile settlement at $350 million led all settlements by a wide margin. Um, that settlement resolved claims uh, that the company failed to prevent a data breach that affected 76 million Americans. Um, the total of the top 10 data breach settlements was almost 720 million. Alex and Jen, what points would you uh, offer to corporate counsel for the coming year in 2023? What should they be on the lookout for in the data breach class action space? Uh, I would say a few things. So first, data breach class action litigation has continued to grow into a high stakes um, arena. The playbook of the plaintiff's class action bar in that arena, in data breach cases, has continued to press the legal envelope in terms of how courts are willing to interpret injuries stemming from data breaches and methods for calculating their damages. So we expect um, in, the, in the upcoming year in particular to see more large-scale data breach cases um, impacting companies across industries um, due to various factors, including the shift to remote work, cloud-based storage, and really the rise in the sophistication of cyber criminals um, posing threats to data security. Yeah, I agree with Jen's comments. And if we just take a look at the big picture, every day our society is becoming more digitalized. And with that, and with data being kind of stored and transmitted more and more each day throughout the world, I think you're going to see more and more data breach class actions, uh, both getting filed and being uh, heavily litigated. And the key here is the class certification uh, rulings, because what happens is those can make these cases uh, turn off maybe into a one-off incident into a large bet the company class action. Uh, as Jen talked about earlier with the settlements, these are often going to be uh, dictated by what happens on that class certification ruling. If a court grants class certification, uh, it's going to become a very expensive case for a company to potentially litigate and defend. And I think you're going to see big settlement numbers there that really hinge on those class certification rulings. Well, great analysis, Brian, Alex, Jen, thanks so much for joining us on today's podcast. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. And if you have any questions or comments on today's podcast, please send us a direct message via Twitter to Dwayne Morris Class Action. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.